May the Spirit of God, our Father, speak through me this day. Amen. Please be seated. Friday late afternoon, our diocesan bishop, Glenda Curry, and our rector, John Burris, carried the heavy load of, whole truly heavy load, of carrying a metal bin filled with rocks out on our new labyrinth. They held this cumbersome copper-colored bucket that was heavier than I think either of them anticipated while the beloved family members of Jane and Sharon and Bart and the survivors of the shooting last summer each selected one of the stones from that large bucket. And each person selected a stone and placed it beneath the three-sheet fountain in the pool at the labyrinth in memory of our friends who died and as a symbol of our continued prayers. The clergy also got a chance to choose a stone, and I chose one a little bit smaller than the size of a brick, though definitely heavier. There were tawny brown striations on that stone, dark as chocolate on the top caramel-colored lines along the side, and I carried the stone to the water, and I lowered it into the pool, and I immersed my hand and my wrist into the water. I really didn't want to make a splash, is why I did it, but as my, as my hand went into the water, I thought about the waters of baptism, the waters of hope, and new life, the waters of hope and new life that washed over Jane and Bart and Sharon during their lives. And as my hand was in that water, I thought about the hope and welcome that Jesus Christ extends to each of us through the gift of baptism. And so it is fitting today that we celebrate the sacrament of new life and baptism of George and Finley. You see, we're inspired as we hear the trickling of the water that will be poured into the font. We're inspired by the sound of the fountain when you go out to the labyrinth to hear the movement of water. In each of these, we see the waters of our foundation, rebirth, reconnection, and resurrection hope. You may know it as well as I do that sometimes that path to hope and healing is an arduous, painful journey. And I would hold that those rocks are a great analogy to what happens in that space. If you studied natural science, or maybe you're a geologist, the types of rocks that you can go set your eyes on in the labyrinth, in the fountain, are sturdy rocks that are created by varied layers of sediment being tempered by pressure and heat, pushed 
together over time and solidifying their structure. The lines upon those rocks tell stories of different eras and environments. And the sustained weight of the dirt and the sand and the organic matter yield a stronger, steadier constitution in the long run. Each stone is unique, much like each of us. And so the creation story of these rocks is wrapped up in the words of encouragement and faith that Paul gives us in this letter to the early church in Rome. You heard Lynn read, we boast or we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings. When Paul says sufferings, that Greek word for sufferings also means pressures, afflictions, tribulations that fall upon us. And then he moves from sufferings. He continues, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Cheerful or hopeful resolve, a patient constancy. And there is strength implied in this step in the middle of and moving through suffering. And that stepwise process continues just as the layers upon layers of sediment are compressed together from suffering to endurance and then from endurance to character. Character comes from experience, from being tested. Now, maybe you say sometimes, I have enough character. I really am good with the character quotient. Please, no more. Please, no more. Our character is, is being proofed just as you warm a dough in the oven before you bake it finally. It's showing proof of making it, of getting through the hard stuff despite the suffering and finally, back to Paul's words, character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. He reconnects his analogy of layers to God and God's love and the gift of the Holy Spirit, reminding the churches that the Spirit has been sent and so the Apostle Paul outlines this layered framework systematically, reminding the early Christians of the strength that comes when they go through hard times on behalf of their faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus, the Son of God. They back then, and we today, move from suffering to endurance, from endurance to character from character to hope in God. It is messy, not always organized, as Paul states. It's not a solo venture, and it takes as long as it takes. And we have the courage of the Holy Spirit to sustain us through each moment. Now, I came across another model of these emotional sheets of suffering 
while I've been off for a couple of weeks. And this book complements this scripture that we hear from Romans today. This book is called You Are Here, Discovering the Magic of the Present Moment. It was published first in 2001 by a Zen monk whose name is Thich Nhat Hanh. And he writes about mindfulness and getting in touch with life in a deep and meaningful way. And the first tenet of Buddhism that he writes about is recognizing the existence of suffering. Recognizing the existence of suffering. While we may yearn for a life that is pristine and happy, pain-free, and peaceful, Thich Nhat Hanh writes that when we honestly recognize suffering in our own lives and in the lives of those around us, a change happens by naming and recognizing suffering, compassion, and understanding are cultivated. Compassion and understanding are cultivated, and when that understanding grows, something else happens. An aha, a capacity that we have for a deeper, more fervent love becomes apparent. So through that foundation of compassion and understanding, happiness is able to spring forth. Paths of transformation and healing present or reveal themselves. So while suffering is painful, Thich Nhat Hanh says that we cannot have happiness without suffering. Our suffering, our disappointment, our pain will be changed into well-being. What a story of compassion and healing and hope and resurrection. And it is a story that we want to share. Just as our wider community has wanted to hear the story of what St. Stephen's has been through this past year processing trauma. People are hungry for good news, for the good news of God's love, to believe the good news of God's love. And times like these prepare us to go out and tell the stories of hope. In today's gospel that we heard from Becky's voice, giving voice to Matthew, Jesus sends his disciples, his students, out as apostles, as the first missionaries, commissioning them to do the hard and holy work of casting out unclean spirits and curing every disease, every weakness, every sickness, and to be with people in their crises of faith. The kingdom of heaven has come near, is what the apostles are to say encouraging those who are troubled and downcast. They are to travel light, far and wide, 
with no extra shoes, no extra clothes. They are to receive no compensation, and they are to be the shepherds that God's chosen people across Israel have been missing. The sheep have been lost, and the apostles are being sent out to care for those lost sheep. And those 12 disciples, those newly minted apostles, will be spirit-filled as they face challenges, challenges of punishment, humiliation, examination, and betrayal. And they will not be alone in their time of suffering, for the Spirit of God will give them the words. And the Son of Man, Jesus promises, will come and assist in that work. So as, as you heard those words that Becky read, Jesus' charge, maybe you felt a little inspired, but maybe daunted at the same time. Like, that's really hard. Jesus was putting it all out there. Look, there are no surprises here, people. You're going to do really hard stuff. There will be pressures and tribulations, and they will have compassion on those who are truly in need, those who are wounded, harassed, hungry, and helpless. Town by town and village by village, the struggles will build up their endurance. Their experiences will show their true and faithful character, and their hope in God and faith in Jesus will be deepened. And we still tell their stories today. As Christians, we remember the good news proclaimed by the apostles that the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then we proclaim not just the kingdom has come near, but that resurrection is upon us, that hope is with us. Though Jesus died, he rose again, and in that rising, he reconciled heaven and earth. And we mark the hope and joy of baptism. Knowing that the sufferings of yesterday, today, and tomorrow are wrapped in the compassion of Christ, we will make promises today to encourage these two young people and their walks as Christians. We will promise to show compassion to George and Finley so that they may grow to make those promises too. And maybe we also get to take a bit of the gumption of the apostles as we go out into the world, emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit to share the healing love of God, to share our church's story of moving through suffering into hope and to face our individual spaces of suffering and loss. To face those spaces of discomfort, staying open to understanding and compassion, prayerfully knowing that transformation and healing can and will come with God's help. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.